just be in the moment, feel what you're feeling. But I would say it's pretty hard to stay in a funk if you're objectively looking at what's really wrong with your life, asking for help, and being kind to your body. Welcome to the Big Kid Problems Podcast, based on the comedic social channel all about not wanting to be an adult. I'm your host, the writer, creator, and pretty normal human being behind Big Kid Problems, Sarah Merrill. Now, I've spent the last almost decade making jokes about entering the adult world, and as I've gotten older, I've realized that no matter what your age is, we all have Big Kid Problems. So each week, we will take a funny yet informative look at a specific Big Kid Problem, break it down with our roundtable panel, then have on an expert to help us solve our problem of the week. From love and relationships, career, money, physical and mental health, bad decisions, and just general life responsibilities, nothing is off limits. So thank you so much for joining me as we navigate adulthood together. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hey, hey, welcome back to another week and another episode of the Big Kid Problems Podcast. For those of you new to the show, I'm your host, Sarah Merrill, the writer and creator of the comedy account at Big Kid Problems. And I'm so excited to have you here. So welcome. So in this podcast, I talk about the struggles of adulthood. And there is a particular struggle that I think everybody goes through, but it's kind of hard to define. And that's when we go through periods of what I like to call what am I doing with my life? I like to think of it as like a funk or an existential crisis, like really whatever you want to call it. But if you know the feeling, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Being in a funk is not ideal, but it definitely comes to the territory of growing up. Look, adulting comes with a lot of uncertainty and it is easy to feel lost or confused or maybe that we've made the wrong choices or ended up on the wrong path somehow. That is all normal and par for the course because none of us have this completely figured out. But what can happen is that we get stuck in these funks and it's hard to pull ourselves out. And especially during the holidays when our families get all up in our shit, that's a time when we can spiral. So I know this big problem firsthand because I think I was in a bit of a funk for the majority of 2019. I mean, I had a lot of shakeups this year. I moved across the country. I didn't have the support system around me that I usually do. And I started to come down pretty hard on myself with that same question, what am I doing with my life? So I had to bring back a friend of the show and friend in real life, Dr. Paige Barasa. Paige is an acupuncturist and Chinese medicine doctor with a practice in New York City. And she uses a mix of ancient Eastern wisdom and modern science to heal patients in her practice that have this very same big kid problem. So stay tuned because you're going to hear a lot of insights you won't find on WebMD or really anywhere else. So get comfy and we will be right back. Are you looking for the perfect gift for your big kid besties? This holiday season, be a hero and give the gift of wine that gives back. One Hope Wine is a California-based wine company whose mission is to make the world a better place through memorable wines and experiences. Every bottle gives back to a different nonprofit with over $4 million donated to some pretty incredible causes to date. 
Do you have a friend that loves animals? Give them a bottle of Pinot that helps fund pet rescues. Know someone who's a teacher or loves kids? Shop their 10-year anniversary Cabernet that helped build a school in Guatemala. There are so many great causes and ways to give back by doing what so many of us do best, drink wine. And a bottle of One Hope really does make an amazing, memorable gift. You may have seen their glitter bottles before. They have these gorgeous glitter wine bottles that are so Instagrammable and fun. They also have perfect customized gift boxes and just lots of other gift options that will be perfect for any big kid on your list. I mean, honestly, who doesn't love a good bottle of wine? You know that gift is going to go over well. And you know I have a discount code just for you. Just go to onehopewine.com and use code BKP10 for $10 off your order. Again, that is BKP10 for $10 off your order at onehopewine.com. Drinking wine for a good cause? Yes, please. All right, Paige, thank you so much for coming in, talking today. We're getting into it. We're talking about being in a funk or just like feeling like you're in an existential crisis. Yes, absolutely. This is, um, I don't know if this is something you should be proud of or not, but this is sort of my forte. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, I know all about this. I know every angle and nook and cranny of an existential crisis, not only from living it, but I feel like for some reason, and this is a kind of a cool thing about being like a healthcare practitioner, but you end up sort of attracting what you're good at. And so for whatever reason, I'll kind of go through little phases where I attract all of one thing. So I'll get like a bunch of fertility or a bunch of, you know, back pain or a bunch of, and it'll be for months. But one thing that has never left my practice is women age 26 through 35 who are like, what the fuck is happening with my life? And like, that's just somewhere I feel very strong and I'm blessed to uh, to be able to help those people. But it's it's a real thing and it happens to everybody. It seems like, you know, anytime in their life, but especially in that little bracket. Yeah, that's interesting. Because um, I feel, I definitely feel like a, I, I'm in I'm in that age range and yeah. I definitely have moments of this. Totally. So maybe we should even start of like, because you're telling me you're kind of like defining what an existential crisis yeah. is versus like other things. Right. So an existential crisis by definition is feeling like you are, you are kind of going through Groundhog Day and you are wondering if your life has meaning. Like, what is the purpose to your life? So it's it's kind of, instead of just like having a bad couple of months or, you know, you get a new boss and like he or she is a dick, mm-hmm. that's not as much an existential crisis as just like tough luck. An existential crisis by definition is just like, you taking inventory of your life and going, what the hell am I doing? Huh. And does it even matter? Does it have meaning? Dude. Yeah, so it's deep. It's yeah. deep. And it's kind of like, I mean, would you say, because I've definitely had this. I mean, I'm yeah. like kind of even feeling it now, yeah. but like, is it different than depression? Yeah. I mean, I think there's there's definitely depressive elements to it. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of people will have either um, in an existential crisis, will have episodes of depression, anxiety, mixed pattern, depression, anxiety, which is my personal favorite. Oh, that's my fave. Yeah, yeah, That's my personal cocktail. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's the best because it's not just like, I can't get out of bed or eat in the morning. It's like, I can't get out of bed or eat. Holy fuck, my life. 
life is burning down around me. Like it's both of the things, you know? So fun. I personally love depression more than anxiety. Like in my own life, like I'm a big fan of depression over anxiety. Oh yeah? Oh yeah. Why? Because, well, there's less eating. Oh, (laughs) true. There are perks. There are perks. You know, like breakup bod, I've never looked better. That's actually true. I did, Paige had a breakup like a year ago and girl, you were looking good. Yeah, Victoria's Secret was calling. (laughs) (laughs) They were like, are you available? Because we can't get Gigi Hadid. I was like, I am, but I'm going to get over this in three months. You better book it now. That's the worst when it like comes back. You're like, fuck, I'm happy again. I know. Oh no, you know what was actually the worst was everybody was like, how are you? You look amazing. (laughs) It's like... That thing, I mean, I'm just not eating. I'm drinking my tears, but oh, you, you'll get over it. But seriously, you look amazing. I did. I think I had like a, I had a meme about this the other day. Uh, oh, cause this is, yeah. Someone was like, what are, you look great. Like what's your, what's your secret? I'm like, You're like literally depressed. Unending stress. <laughs> and unending, unending sadness and yeah. an existential crisis. We'll make you skinny. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> We're all terrible. This is not advice. Yeah, this is not advice. Disregard this as medical advice. No. no. Okay. So I'm interested because it's, I actually, in a sick way, like kind of like hearing that a lot of other people are feeling this. Yeah. So what happens like when somebody comes into your practice and is just like, like, what do they look like? You know, like physically, like, what are the, what are they looking like? Yeah. What are you, what do you do to like help them originally get out of this? What is kind of like manifestation? Yeah. Yeah. So it's a couple things. I mean, one thing I kind of want to touch on just so everybody feels like a little bit more sane is that there is a real thing between age 26 through like 31 that falls in your astrological chart called your Saturn return. Okay. And so whether you believe in astrology or not, there's a 18 month to three, three and a half year period that we go through. And it's like modern psychology has coined it as like your quarter life crisis, Mm -hmm. but it's been known in astrology for, you know, thousands of years or whatever, but it's basically where Saturn, the planet of kind of like big things, you can think of Saturn as like the army general or like the dad that's like, get your shit in gear. So that planet comes full circle into your chart and it comes in every around 26 or 27 years. So it comes into your chart. And if you are not on the right page with your relationship, if you're not on the right page with your job, if you're not on the right page with where you're living, or you're not in line with what your true destiny is, it cleans house hard. So you can pretty much pinpoint, and I will ask women, you know, especially if they come in and they're like 27, I, before I even look at them, I'm like, oh, here we go. Like, I know what's happening. And they'll come in and it's like, oh, my boyfriend of eight years and I just broke up. Or like, I just moved to New York on a whim. I don't know what I'm doing with my life. I feel like I'm drowning. Or you know, whatever it is, there's like some huge shift in their life that's happening around that, that you know, 18 month to three year period that you can pretty much pinpoint that like some things are being shaken up. Mm-hmm. So I like the first thing I like to do is, is wonder if you're in that period. And if you are, then I give you some reading on Saturn return. I give you a little bit of, you know, support and just some reassurance really that this is like, this is sort of like, like a turning point in your life. Yeah. What's interesting is the next time that it actually comes, um, into your life is your midlife crisis. So that's when we start seeing it. Be- oh, so in this your is going to happen again. Oh, oh fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something to look forward to. Oh, yeah. So, like, that's when, I mean, people will be like, oh, it's my midlife crisis. And they'll blame, like, oh, the kids are leaving the house or, like, you know, I don't know what I'm doing or I'm going through menopause or whatever. But you can usually, if you pinpoint or if you get an astrologer to look at it, it's Saturn returning into your chart again. So, Saturn again can be looked at as, like, kind of the big daddy that cleans house. 
So this is so interesting. Somebody told me, like, I feel like I was lied to once and someone was like, oh, you're going through your Saturn return. Like, so exciting for you. Like, no one told me the, like, bad side effects. I mean, yeah. Unfortunately, (laughs) it depends how you frame it. Like, I try and frame it as... (laughs) I try and frame it as, look, like, a planet is coming into your house to clean out anything that is not in your highest good. Yeah. Okay. So I try and frame it as something positive, like a, a hard learning lesson sort of thing. But really, like in reality, my Saturn return was like, my grandfather died. I broke up. Like I was in a relationship, again, pretty serious relationship that suddenly just completely got torn apart. I, with three weeks notice, moved from San Diego to New York to to do a semester quote in New York <laughs> at a psychiatric hospital and ended up living here. I mean, it's almost been 10 years. So it's like big, not little things. Like I got a new shirt and I like cut my hair and I feel pretty. Like we're talking like deaths, you know, marriages, divorces, big moves. Shit's getting shaken Shit's getting super real. Yeah. So that's your Saturn return. So that in anybody's life is going to feel like an existential crisis. Okay. Two things I'm loving that you're saying is like, everybody fucking goes through this. Yeah. And it's a period of time, which means it's not forever. Exactly. Because it's sometimes, I mean, I can feel like, oh my God, everything's gone to shit and I'm going to feel this way forever. And that like, that existential like emptiness and darkness comes in and you're yeah. like, I'm going to feel like this, but it's good to know that it, it's going to end. It's it temporary. is going to end. And I will say personally, and I do know this from my own life, but then also from hearing it from others, you, when you're in it, you feel like the ground is uneven. You feel like the ground is shaky and you can't quite get like a solid footing. When you come out of it, you honestly, I felt like somebody took a backpack off of me. Oh, I'm yeah. so glad you said, I'm like, literally we're having this conversation and I feel like there's a 70 pound weight yeah. on my shoulders. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But like, think about even for you, the changes that have gone on yeah. in the last year, like those have been major changes. Like I would be really shocked if you weren't in your Saturn return. Yeah. You know, and just maybe coming out of it in the next like six months or something. But you do start to feel like, instead of the world stacked against you, like it's starting to kind of take shape and you're starting to see like the light at the end of the tunnel. Okay, so like when does that kick in? <laughs> so like we'd have to look at your chart. Oh, so, yeah. Okay, so fine. I mean, if anybody wants, I have an amazing astrologer that can kind of pinpoint this for them, but it's it's a really good idea to just have somebody kind of look at your chart and be like, okay, you went into it here, you're coming out of it here, so you have something to look forward to. Yeah, give yeah. me a fucking light, dude. Totally. <laughs> so that's like the number one. So that's that's a nugget of time, but you know, you can go through an existential crisis whenever. Yeah. So it's it's the first thing I like to pinpoint is is this your Saturn return and here's why. And then if not, then we go through I usually with patients will go through like a little checklist of things to help them through that. Um, yeah. So let's get into that yeah. a little bit. Okay. Because if anybody's like feeling like they're in a funk or they have this like you know the feeling. It's yeah. like in your stomach. Well, maybe it's different for everybody. For me, it's like in my tum-tum. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> you manifest a lot of your feelings in your stomach. You specifically, Sarah, like you hold a lot in your solar plexus. You, when you get stressed, your intestines bind up. Yeah. You'll get anxiety in your chest. So a lot of times like yours is sort of like in the center. Yeah. Um, some people get, like a lot of women carry their stress in their shoulders and their head. So I'll see women with like chronic migraines, TMJ, um, you know, that kind of thing where they're just like, it's all kind of head and neck. Yeah. What um, about dudes? I don't want to disclude the our, oh, yeah, our yeah, male yeah. listeners. Dudes, dudes, I would say it's it's a lot of it is is stomach and chest mm. as well. Men have, women carry like their deep-seated emotional blocks, usually 
asterisks, usually kind of in their more like base chakra. So, you know, if you do, you'll see like a lot of women, if you're doing like a hip opening class or like a lot of hip openers in yoga, there'll be like emotional release. Or if you do like a yoga retreat and they do hip openers and there's a lot of like kind of, you know, fluid energy movement through the base chakra, like women will have little emotional releases. Men, interestingly enough, it'll be in their chest. So if you're doing camel pose, you'll see men, it's like hard for them to get into it and it's hard for them to breathe in it. And it's because like a lot of them shut down emotionally in their heart chakra and more in their chest. Mm. Yeah. So if you think about it too, society-wise, like what what do we do to men when things get tough? We're like fucking man up, you know? Like figure it out, man up. So what do they have to do? Well, energetically, they have to lock down in their chest and put on like put their armor, yeah, right? And where does that fall? It's in their chest. So they shut down their emotional centers. They shut down their, you know, heart chakra, their, you know, solar plexus. They shut all of that down and put on an armor. So over time, you know, men aren't in our city, aren't trained to like, okay, now open that up. Let that, let it, let it melt. Like time to do your work, time to go to therapy and breathe through that. So then when you do end up opening it up, it's like a really big release for men. That's so cool that you can like physically move your body to do that. Because Mm -hmm. I think a lot of us think like, like me thinking like I need to let stuff go. I'm thinking that's all going to be like mental and that mental work is hard. Like meditating, like doing all of that shit to me doesn't actually come naturally. So like even if physical releases, like I, like you said, that hip opener thing, like I'm totally going to try that. Yeah. Do that. Do like anything that kind of opens you up. So physically, like when we go through the checklist of what we want to address with an existential crisis, if we start with the physical, it's like, are you moving? So the physiology, and you and I know this from, you know, being at Tony Robbins and like kind of doing that crazy dancing and (laughs) exorcism. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. uh, Fun fact, Paige and I did this like seven-day Tony Robbins conference earlier in the year. Which was awesome. Which was awesome, but also like crazy. Super weird. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Just getting Sarah to dance goofy was fun. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Some of us were more into the dancing than others. (laughs) I just always found like the oldest people in the room to go like shimmy with. Yeah. There's a lot of touching at that conference. There was a lot of touching. (laughs) That makes it sound weird. Like shoulder touching, not shoulder touching, but touching. just like strangers like touching me. I'm yeah, like, yeah. yeah. Okay. okay, back to an existential crisis. <laughs> Out of molestation, back yeah. to existential crisis. That's a different podcast, different different topic. Your expert on that can be a priest. Um, <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Too far. So, um, so again, bringing it back to the physicality of it, right? So, like when depression and like mood mood disorders of any sort when they take shape in your body, emotions live in your fascia. So fascia. <laughs> that is, is not a word. It is a word. It's the best. Wait, fascia? Fascia is like fascia. You've never heard fascia? Uh, not outside of like a Austin Powers movie. Oh my God. <laughs> fascia is like fascia. It's one of my favorite words. So it's fascia is like a connective tissue that lives all over your body. And basically what it is, is it's this like connective tissue matrix that we have, yeah, running totally throughout our body, but it it holds and gets stuck if we have emotional trauma or physical trauma. So this is a lot of times, like if you think of, if you, you know, lacerate your ACL or like something happens physically, then connective tissue kind of like grows over it to create a scar, right? Mm-hmm. And so that's like something that your body is like, okay, there's a wound, we're going to heal it. We're going to like bind together 
and and hold. And so it actually becomes stronger. But then obviously with scars, you have you have to like work through that. So not unlike the physical, that also happens in the emotional. So what's interesting is if you have a lot of emotional trauma and say like, you know, we were talking about kind of depression. So that's a lot around like the heart chakra and the lungs. You'll have fascial holding. You'll have holding patterns in your connective tissue, in your tissue, in your body. And so, you know, if you think of kind of the physiology of somebody who's depressed, right? The shoulders are a little bit forward. Mm -hmm. Their chest is sunken. Their head's down. You know, they don't they're not kind of like the loud and proud body type. I'm kind of doing all these motions, which you guys can't see, but you know, it's kind of like all sunken forward and in and looks sort of like a more insecure kind of energetic. There's a lot of kind of shallow breathing. There's the diaphragm is usually locked. So diaphragm is this this cool little balloon-like structure that brings your lungs down and, and allows you to do a deep inhale. So a lot of time over, a lot of times, like over time when you're doing a lot of shallow breathing and there's depression, it kind of just gets stuck. And so when you're in this holding pattern, it's really hard to feel good if yeah. you're walking around at like half of your energy, all curled in, insecure, and like you aren't breathing. Like yeah. it's, it's it's almost impossible. I mean, you could get a check for a million dollars and like maybe it would open up a little bit, but after, you know, months and sometimes even years of holding that way, your body gets stuck that way. And then it's sending, when your body gets stuck that way, it's sending signals to your brain. Like we are depressed. Like this is who we are now. I love this. And I feel like anybody listening right now, like just take a look at how you're carrying yourself. You know, like what are your shoulders forward? Are you like looking in the mirror? Like, what do you look like? Are you standing tall? Are you like crunching into yourself? Because this was actually something we did talk a lot about Tony Robbins. And it's like Mm -hmm. one of the first big things that like he talks about is just like changing your physiology to change your mental state. And like, there's even like, have you seen that TED talk? I'm going to include it in show notes. It's one of my favorite TED talks of all time where it's just like the body language. Amy, what's her name? Yeah. Yeah. It's so good. But it's just like, I know that sounds like not a big change, but for anybody listening, like if you can just like, Stand, shoulders back, head up for two minutes at a time. Like that physiology change will actually have a an internal an internal change within your body. So anybody can listen to that. There's like power poses where you can like put your hands in the air for two for two minutes, and it'll actually make a change. So I like that we're talking a little bit about physiology. Then we could. That's a good good little thing to just try. Is it, and I feel like there's a bunch of things, you know? So let's keep going. Okay. Okay. So that I would just like coin as your power pose. Get your power pose. Yeah. So like in the TED Talk, um, she talks about like standing like a superhero. So just so you have a mental image, like a superhero doesn't look like, you know, they've just been hit in the stomach and they're curled over. So like get really proud, shoulders back, all of that. Get your power pose going. And then physiology wise, when you've got kind of handled that, do a check-in. Like, are you, are you eating? Are you sleeping? Are you breathing? Like, these seem like really easy things, but you'd be shocked at how many people are trapped in this overwhelming existential crisis mindset. And, you know, they are staying up till two in the morning watching murder mysteries. And so the last thing that they have in their brain before they go to bed is the cortisol, which is your stress hormone, is circulating through their body because they're wondering, you know, who kidnapped the eight-year-old girl and like <laughs> which basement she's sitting downstairs in. Like that, and you know, and then and then these patients will have nightmares all night and they're like, I don't know why I'm not sleeping. Okay, well, <laughs> murder mysteries are not gonna do it before bed. Like that's gonna be the worst thing ever. So get in bed before midnight. Yeah. Okay? Even if you're used to getting in bed at one or 2 a.m., scale it back every couple of days by half an hour. And that's what I tell patients. The patients that are night owls, I'm like, for this week, instead of 1 a.m., you're going 1230. Yeah. In two weeks, we'll go 12. 
three weeks, we'll go 11.30. Try and get it back to 11 or 11.30. Every hour of sleep that you have before midnight kind of equates to two hours after midnight. So it's pretty important that you get good quality of sleep because again, that's going to contribute to your physiology and overall mental state. Sleep, huge. If you need help with sleep, there's a ton of natural remedies, but I would say like the, the biggest thing is like, what are you putting in front of your face before you go to bed? Mm, that's so good. Yeah. And that is such a big thing. I feel like for anybody going through this type of crisis, like do, yeah, like if you're not sleeping, you're not going to get better, like yeah. bar none. Not at all. I mean, like Ariana Huffington does like a huge thing about like sleep hygiene. Like she has a ton of information. So if you need anything, that's a great resource. Eating, you know, it's pretty hard to have a good mental, positive mental attitude if you're not actually like making sure you have nutrient dense food in your body. Mm -hmm. So this is like, if you're struggling with anxiety and depression, if you're struggling with feeling overwhelmed in life, you don't get up and have a coffee and then wait to eat till like three and then have two cookies and a muffin and then have like mac and cheese for dinner. And look, we've all been there. And I literally that you're talking about yeah. what I had this morning. We're having this convo and I'm like literally shaking from yeah. the neck down. Right. Because I'm like <laughs> because looking in coffees. your sink and there's like mac and cheese and no. <laughs> but like we've all been there. If you're depressed, I get it. Just get something in your body. Like if you physically don't feel like eating, just make sure the little bits that you are eating are like some cooked vegetables. I always tell patients, eat like you're sick, okay? So what do you have when you have a cold? You're not eating, you know, like a pack of chips and pizza. Like you're having chicken noodle soup. You're having roasted veggies. You're having, you know, like whole grains. You're having some oatmeal, some eggs. You're having little bits of protein and nutrient-dense food. Really, really important to have, um, especially for depression, really important to have like a good source of um, EFAs, so essential fatty acids. So making sure you're getting deep sea salmon, nuts, oils, that kind of thing has a huge impact on your mental, emotional state. Since we're talking about wellness, before we jump back into the episode, let's talk about shrooms real quick. I'm talking, of course, about mushroom-based beverages from Four Sigmatic. Drinking functional mushrooms has a ton of health benefits. Their collection of teas, coffees, hot chocolates, and elixirs are so satisfying throughout the day, and the mushrooms they're made with have been known to benefit immunity, energy, longevity, and just overall health. And I know drinking mushrooms might sound weird, but it doesn't actually taste like mushrooms. And there are so many benefits. Take the mushroom coffee with lion's mane. It is real coffee made with 100% organic coffee beans, but contains only about half the caffeine of a regular cup of coffee. Functional mushrooms have been known to support the adrenal glands. So that makes a big difference for anyone who wants the productivity of coffee without the jittery side effects that can lead to stress, which I don't know about you, but my stress already has stress. So I need all the help I can get. Oh, and many of Four Sigmatic mixes come in these handy little packets, so they are super easy to make. You just mix them with hot water, and they are just great for travel or on the go. So if you want to try Four Sigmatic, I have a special offer just for our Big Kid listeners. Go to foursigmatic.com slash bigkid, or use discount code at bigkid at checkout, and you'll get 15% off your first order. That is foursigmatic.com slash bigkid, or use discount code code big kid at checkout. 
Oh, I don't want to go too far down this topic because yeah. we'll, we'll get to we'll get stuff. Lost. But one thing, so I, I, Paige started treating me. I started coming to you for acupuncture, like what, like two years yeah. ago? Yeah. And that was like one of the first things you told me. You like looked at me and you're like, you should not be eating dairy. Yeah. And like just making that one change, like taking, I mean, I still have cheese. Yeah. I was like, let's be real. But like, I was <laughs> having cheese like, like every day. Yeah. For every and meal. like for every meal, yeah. basically. And like by taking that out, like it, it alleviated having that like physical. I guess blockage and strain like in my stomach, like also changed my physiology, which changed my mental state. Like it all like making these little incremental changes, especially with diet, I think is like a really good thing because I know for me specifically like that, that definitely helps. Right. And you can just think of it too. Like if you have a three-year-old that's having a tantrum, like are you going to give him three Oreos and some like Coca-Cola or are you going to be like- Maybe if I'm babysitting and just- Maybe if I hate the parents. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> but no, you'd probably be like, okay, like calm down. Here's some water. Here's some juice. Like, let's get, you know, some whatever, like little bits of chicken or something. Like, you'll give them something calming. Like, anytime you want to calm a kid down, you do calming things. Like, why do we lose that in adulthood? That's yeah. like, you know, they're having a tantrum, put them in timeout. You, you know, put them in a quiet space, get them a book. And for us, we're like, we're having a tantrum. We're like, fuck it, we'll have a martini and like, you know, a bunch of coffee. Like, no, it's the same body. It's just bigger. Yeah. And floppier as you get older. <laughs> Saggier. Saggier. <laughs> it's not, yeah, it's not as resilient and it breaks easier. <laughs> Sucks. So yeah, so that what I would say would be like the physical in, in a nutshell. So breathing, getting your power pose, making sure you're sleeping, making sure you're eating. Yeah. Most important things. Let's get into the hard stuff because I doing the physical, I think is a really good little hack yeah. because it's like things you don't have to really think about. But when we get into like the mental, like yeah. that should, for anybody who's going through one of these, you know, it is a lot easier said than done to just like eliminate your negative thoughts. Yeah. So no, no, like, no. yeah, for sure. Help, 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 sister out. help, 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 me. help. Okay. So like what I do, um, what I, what I usually explain to patients about this is that you have to be patient with yourself, but there's a really good balance of being optimistic and realistic. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you can't, if you're in a deep state of depression or you're feeling seriously overwhelmed with your life, no amount of positive affirmations and like putting on the secret and only like, you know, having, if you're having deep depression, no amount of like positive, you know, care bear shit is going to overtake that. You have to be a little bit realistic and kind of take inventory of your situation. If you just had something happen and you're trying to get over it, like allow yourself or what I do is like, I'll allow myself an adequate amount of time to feel shitty. (laughs) And when that's over, then it's time to get back up. So like, for example, for my breakup last year, I was like, okay, this is pretty huge. It feels like a divorce. I'm going to give myself one month, one month of wallowing in self-pity of, you know, seeing my therapist every week of crying, of saying, poor me, of Mm -hmm. I'm unlovable, I'm unworthy, all of this shit. I can wallow in it for one whole month. After that, no more wallowing, like hard stop. And so, you know, if you've been going through this for a while, you have to shorten the time. Okay. So yeah. like you've had depression for a couple of years, you don't get a month. Like no. you've been living in it. Yeah. So like get it out. Don't don't repress it, because that's the the worst thing you can do is just like get up every morning and be like, everything's gonna be fine. Because you're not recognizing those emotions and you're not like qualifying them. So what I would do is, you know, pick an amount of time 
eat mac and cheese, do all the bad things. And then (laughs) when that time is over, then you need to make a mental commitment to yourself that you're going to seek help and, and do better. And basically what that looks like for me and what my recommendation for my patients usually is, is, you know, having, having some sort of mental help. So whether you're seeing a therapist, whether you're seeing a life coach, someone who can dissect what's going on, be in your corner and kind of like an outside source. An outside source. Because yeah, that's what happens is like your brain is like no longer no like a reliable. <laughs> a reliable. <laughs> no. Yeah. No, because you 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 know your brain. Like you're tricking yourself, right? Yeah. You're like you can talk yourself in and out of a million things. Right. So you need an unbiased, and this is the really important thing. People are like, oh, I don't need a therapist. I have my best friend. No, 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 no. Your best friend's like, you know what? Fuck that dude. He was a piece of shit. You're a queen. Men are shit. And like, that's not helping anyone. Right. Okay. So you need like an unbiased professional mental health practitioner to help you dissect what's happened and, and, and how you can move on. Yeah. And give you tools. Personally, I love cognitive behavioral therapy because it's not so much the Freudian old school therapy that's like, how do you feel about that? One other, what are other points in your life that you felt like? Oh, I you know, fucking yeah, and it's like, shit. what? I just paid you like three hundred dollars to just have you like shoot questions back at me. Cognitive behavioral therapy is really cool because it actually like the the health practitioner can look at how you're thinking and start to give you tips on how to retrain your brain into different neural patterns. Yeah, so it's it's really important to like have a, a mental health advocate like yeah. on your side. Mentally, also a, a big thing for me is like in kind of making sure there's hope. So am I mentally stimulated? So do I have a good book? Okay. So is there something that I can look forward to? Can I pick up a new hobby? Can I do something that stimulates me mentally so that I'm not not thinking about my depression, but I can sort of reroute that energy mm-hmm. so that it's in a more constructive way. Mm-hmm. So again, it's it's instead of sitting there and kind of like wallowing and being like, no, no, everything. And you go bounce back between like, oh my God, my life is shit. No, no, everything's fine. Oh my God, my life is shit. No, no, everything's fine. Instead, you're like learning how to do pottery. (laughs) You're like, you're eliciting a a different reaction and a different excitatory response in a different part of your brain. And so what it's doing is it's bringing your consciousness into a new creative space. Yeah. And you're learning something Mm -hmm. and that's exciting for your brain. Yeah. So like, and just to give you a break, just to give your fucking brain a break. Yeah. Because like, especially anybody who's been in a funk for a while, it's just like constant negative self-talk. Yeah. So yeah. channel that into a new plate. Yeah. <laughs> and that's hard. <laughs> exactly. <This> is, <laughs> I would like form like, myself my own that. plate. And this is like my, my depression This is my plate. depression bowl. <laughs> yeah. Oh, are you enjoying the kale salad? It's in my depression bowl. Oh, make sure Handmade. you pick up a suicide cup on your way out. <laughs> Suicide is not a joke. No. <laughs> We're really batting a thousand. For sure. No, but keep going because I like this. And and two, I, I think there is a difference between like full-blown depression and then just like feeling like you're in a funk. Yeah. Yep, yeah. yep, yep. Full-blown depression. I'm a huge advocate of, of making sure that you have several different sources yes. of, of professional mental help. So, you know, a functional med- medicine practitioner to be taking your blood levels and making sure that there's not a chemical imbalance, yeah. as well as a trained mental health professional, whether right. that's a licensed self, social worker or therapist or psychiatrist. So if you don't have somebody in your corner, get get a resource for for that. And the, the best therapists, I think, are referrals from somebody you know and trust. Yeah. Because it's overwhelming. People are like, oh, I don't know how to find a therapist. I go on psychology today. You have to, 
you have to have a trust and like a kinship with that therapist for it to work. Yeah. Because if you are sitting there dishing your deepest, darkest secrets and you feel like somebody's judging you, you're not going to get anywhere. Right. So, yeah. And I have um, I have a couple, I'll repost it in our show notes, but we did this in the anxiety episode. I gave a couple of resources. If you don't, if you can't afford a therapist, there are other online tools. There's yeah. a lot of stuff out right now. So I'll just relink that. But I want to keep going because yeah. I want to talk to you. A lot of people might be like, you know, I don't, I'm not depressed. I just like don't feel great. And I, I've, I'm continuously not feeling great. Right. Okay. So then what I would say is, when you're just, you can't quite pinpoint it, but you're in a funk. Yeah. That is um, that is a situation where you want to kind of sit down and take inventory of your life. And so, so usually what I do with a patient is I'll have them sit down and we get a blank piece of paper out and we look at relationship. We look at career. We look at, you know, diet and lifestyle, like body. We mm-hmm. look at, um, you know, family. So we look at uh, spirituality all of these different categories and we we kind of rate where you are in all of those out of 10. So, you know, if relationships are three out of 10, okay, put that down and put why. You know, maybe I don't feel seen. I don't feel understood by my partner. Maybe I'm not in a relationship. I'd like to be. Um, career, maybe you're in a job that you just feel like is Groundhog Day and you're just kind of like churning the wheels. Uh, maybe it's not really speaking to your higher destiny. Okay, then how do we get you there? But what I like to do is when you've taken inventory of all of these things, like focus on one at a time, okay? So trying to take on all five categories all at once is going to be incredibly overwhelming. And it's also going to, if you don't succeed in changing your entire life overnight, you're going to feel defeated. And that's Mm -hmm. like what we want to try and avoid. So picking a couple of these things and just like working on them for a period of time. So if it's relationship, you know, do you guys need counseling? Do you want to get yourself out there more? But taking little steps to try and improve each one of those categories um, is going to be the best thing that you can, that you can do for yourself. And again, get help, ask for help. Mm-hmm. So much of depression is loneliness and isolation. Yeah. So much of feeling overwhelmed is not having anybody to chunk this down and make it reasonable for you. Right. You know, and what our brains do to your point about, you know, the brain being the monkey and always having the negative self-talk is um, there's something that I call the snowball technique, whereas I'll, I'll have somebody come in and they'll be in a funk and a patient will say to me, you know, I just feel like everything's bad and you know, like my boyfriend and I are, we didn't like leave the coffee out this morning. And then my boss said I did a <laughs> shitty job on the project and like everything's horrible. But what that is, is it's you snowballing. So right. like maybe you're not happy in your job and then you go home and your boyfriend's like watching a game and doesn't pay attention to you. So all of a sudden you've made your relationship a disaster. And then, you know, you haven't talked to your mom in a couple of days and she doesn't care about you. So kind of, you know, taking a, a note from Tony Robbins book again, what's wrong is always available. Yeah. Try and look for what's right. Okay? Yeah. And then having gratitude for those things is right. going to be immensely helpful. Yeah. And I like that idea of like physically putting it down. I've I've actually like done that in practice. Yeah. You know what I did? I don't know where I came up with this, but I literally had a piece of paper down because I was like in one of these funks and I yeah. wrote down, I'm like, what are the feelings that I have right now? Yeah. And I'm like, and then what is the truth of the situation? Yes. So like it, in the category of like, what do I feel right now? I'm like that I'm completely worthless and that right. like what I'm doing work-wise has no meaning. And right. then in the truth category, I was like, you are not fucking worthless. Yeah. Like you make people laugh. Yeah. On vacant problems. Everybody like, loves you. No, I definitely mean, everybody not. that I you know should read the you. comments sometimes. Really? Uh, yeah. I'll kill them. <laughs> I know. But that, but like, 
I thought that it was really helpful. Like at the end of it, it was very therapeutic. And I looked at it and I was like, wow, like the thoughts I'm having are not the truth. No. Like not even close. No. And like, I'm being so incredibly like mean to myself. Yeah. Like I reread it and I was like, damn, like that's right? fucked up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. totally. And, and, and what's crazy too is I, I think at the base of all of our problems is are, are two fundamental beliefs that we all have. And it's either I'm unlovable or I'm unworthy. Yeah. And like almost everything I see in practice, and I see a wide demographic of people, all ages, shapes, sizes, colors, everything. At, you can boil almost anything down to I'm unlovable and I'm unworthy. And it breaks my heart, but it's it's so universal. So when you're feeling alone, like you're just not. Yeah. Trust me. Yeah. So many people have the same thing. But I think what you were saying about, you know, getting all the things down and actually saying like, what's the truth of the situation? So valuable. Because when you do take inventory like that and you write it down instead of doing it in your head, so important to make this an exercise. Mm-hmm. You can really see, okay, you know what? I said that, you know, my boss said I did shit on a project, but you know what? Like the other four days of the week were pretty awesome and I'm highly valued on my team. Yeah. So like, okay, my job isn't shit. All right, okay, I'll leave that. Yeah. And maybe it's just my relationship or like maybe it's just like my body image issues. And so that way you're unraveling the snowball. Mm-hmm. It's not everything. Right. Okay? You just had like a couple bad weeks and there are valuable things that you can have gratitude for in your life. So identifying those and making sure that you pour energy as much energy into those yeah. as you are into fixing things. Do you have a gratitude practice that you do? Because that's something like I always try to practice gratitude. And I'll say like, oh, I'm so thankful I have a roof over my head, but I don't truly feel it. Yeah. So I do this thing (laughs) and I I mean, full transparency. Sometimes it takes a lot longer than others, (laughs) but I won't let myself go to bed that night unless I have five unique gratitude. That's hard. Sarah, sometimes I am up till two in the morning. <laughs> this past year, we have not gone to sleep before 1.30 a.m. Like, and, and it can't be like, I'm grateful for, you know, Nico, my dog, who you've been hearing is snorting all over the podcast. But like, it can't be like, I'm grateful for my health. Yeah. Like, it has to be like five things that I experienced a moment of gratitude that day. And so that's my gratitude practice. I don't write them down, but like, I have to be super honest with myself. and. You know, mm-hmm. sometimes it's like, I mean, the other day I was having a fucking rough one and a patient who's been through so much and she's had cancer and fertility struggles and all of this stuff we've been helping her through. And she has been so incredibly resilient and strong. And I was like congratulating her on all of her work and, and you know, how great she's bounced back. And she was like, you know what? I'm grateful for you. And I didn't have time to break down and just cry right in front of her. But I was like, yeah, thanks. And just like kind of ran out of the room because I was like uncomfortable with how heartfelt and emotional that was. And I was like, okay, that is my piece. Like that is all five for today. I felt so grateful and loved. But it would have been easy for me to overlook that and just been like, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Do it every day. Whatever. Yeah. But like keying into those moments where like somebody's actually made eye contact with you and, and done something for you or said something to you. Like we tend to highlight the bad and and dismiss the good, but it's really important to key into those moments and really be thankful for them. And think about it. Yeah. yeah. There's one, um, there's one I started doing because I think five before bed, like, oh my God, I would be up. I'm so yeah, it's tough, dude. It's tough. There's one um I've read I, I try and do it now. Um, and like me and my 
now fiance. Oh, I said boyfriend. Oh, no, fiance. Fiance. <laughs> uh, we try and do this before bed. We'll be like, what was like the best part of your day? Yeah. Because then you have to like actually think about it. And then you start thinking of like all the little good things. You're mm-hmm. like, maybe it was my coffee. Oh, no. Actually, like somebody commented, like my earrings were cute. And then you yeah. like, you, you, you replay in your brain like, really quickly, like some of the highlights when you're yeah. trying to think of like the good thing. So that that could be like an easy... I love that. Yeah. And if you can do it like out loud with somebody, it, it's contagious, right? So like there have been times, yeah, if you can, you and Brandon do it because you'll also feed off each other. It's like, it's completely contagious energy, especially positive energy is way stronger than negative energy. So yeah. if he has something and you can't think of something, then you're feeling his and then, oh my God, something popped up. So definitely awesome to do it with somebody. I mean, I've been doing it alone for a while. (laughs) (laughs) Nico, what's the best part of your day? Totally. He's like, yeah, treats. (laughs) But but like really powerful to say it out loud. Yeah. So. Okay, that's awesome. High five yourself. And you can do all of these things and still be in a funk. Yeah. You know, that's allowed. It's allowed. And sometimes it's just a natural, you know, flow of what's happening. Like there's no... There's no, um, you know, end date. You don't get into a funk and it's like, this will be over January 31st of yeah. 2020. Just be in the moment, feel what you're feeling. But I would say it's pretty hard to stay in a funk if you're objectively looking at what's really wrong with your life, asking for help and being kind to your body. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen a lot of people put all of their effort into healing their body, making sure that they are mentally, physically, and emotionally secure and not get out of the funk. Yeah. You know, so even if you're just making little, little, little changes, changes here and there, it's going to help you kind of climb out of that hole. Yeah. Out of your, get out of your funk and your existential. And places. I would say just one more thing, like most important, surround yourself with positive people. Okay. Like I have seen so many women who will go through a bad breakup or will go through, you know, something shitty at their work and they go out for drinks with their girlfriends and they just spend like three hours drinking wine and talking shit. That is not going to help you. Like, I know it's fun and it's like trendy and it's, you know, girl talk. But at the end of the day, you leave those situations and you feel emptier than when you came in. Or you might feel like you blew off some steam. But again, that's just like negative self-talk with like four other people. Mm. Try and get yourself into, you know, either a spiritual group or like a community group or somewhere that somebody is going to maybe not even hold you accountable. That's best case scenario, but just uplift you. Yeah. Yeah. Positive, positive mental attitude, people. Awesome. All right, Paige, thank you so much for helping us. They're big. You are welcome, Sarah. <laughs> Anytime. All right, guys, that is a wrap on this week's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Maybe feel a little bit better about being in a funk or just feel better about whatever life is throwing at you at this current moment. Hey, maybe it's not a funk at all and it's just your Saturn return. Who knows? Big, big shout out to our guest this week and friend of the show, Paige Barasa. If you want more from Paige, I highly encourage you to check her out on Instagram. She gives so many tips and Chinese medicine tricks for all areas of life. So I definitely encourage you to check her out at The AccuChick. Very entertaining follow. And I also just have all her info linked in show notes so you can check her out there. You can also find me at Big Kid Problems or on my personal at Sarah A. Merrill on Instagram. So follow me, shoot me a DM. Let's be friends. 
It's Thanksgiving this week. So I hope you all have an awesome holiday and that you enjoy the time off work and that your families don't drive you too, too crazy. If they do, you can always pop in your earbuds and catch up on any episodes you might have missed. We only have three left in 2019, guys. How crazy is that? We're coming up to the end here. Um, For real though, I do want to take this week to thank each and every single one of you for tuning in and listening to this podcast. I just got word last week that this podcast cracked the top 100 list in our category, which is crazy. And I'm just so honored and really, really thankful that you guys like the show and tell your friends or write reviews. Um, Those reviews take only a few seconds to do and they really do make a huge difference. I honestly think that had a lot to do with it. So if you like this pod, please make sure to write one or just share this episode on your Instagram stories and share the love. Thank you again from the bottom of my heart. I know there are a lot of ways you can spend your time. So I really do appreciate you spending this hour with me. And I hope to see you back here next week for another fun episode. Until then, I'll see you next Tuesday. 